Okay. The record button is the one that says record. Okay, new podcast. Who this? Uh, let's start with Mike. He was talking a lot of shit in the pre-talk uh, here and says he has something to say, so let's hear it. Oh, uh, so today you're going to see a lot of uh, uh, bad teams win games. I think you're going to see uh, a lot of uh, uh, teams that ain't got no business winning games. They're going to win games today. And also, uh, uh, Vegas, I don't know what the line is currently, Mark. I'm sure you're going to tell me when the game comes up later. But Vegas has uh, lazily bet on this Niners-New uh, England game. I believe the game is uh, two and a half points uh, in, in in the favor of New England. Um, you're gonna see you're gonna see a uh, a Niners win in, today by seven or more points. So that's that correct. That's all I got. Is, that's all I got. Correct line is Patriots three. So that, Patriots three. I believe it started at two and a half. So that's the world. So, that's the world. You get a confession. That's the world shattering information that you couldn't wait to tell us. A Niner fan coming out and saying that the Niners are gonna win. <laughs> No, that's not what I what uh what I had to say. You uh, tricked me. You uh you didn't you didn't tell me you were gonna put me on the spot. It was ridiculous. You put yourself on I'm the a, spot. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a professional here, sir. People know me. You can't be putting me on the spot like this. Oh God. <laughs> okay, Mark. Well, the people the people who really know you don't ever admit to it. Yeah, that's true. And so all the people that I think uh, know me really don't. So uh, yeah. That was a really shitty way to start a podcast, but let's go. All right, let's get it going already. <laughs> okay. First game, the quote Mr. Finn, is definitely a pillow fight. The Lions oh, yeah. go to Atlanta. The line just moved down from two. Now it's currently Atlanta favored by one point, and the over-under is 55. And you said Atlanta's going where? 55. I didn't. Yeah. Wait a minute. I didn't catch who Atlanta was playing. Detroit, the Lions. Oh, Detroit in Detroit. No, in Atlanta. In Atlanta, I'll take Detroit. I'm gonna take Atlanta in this game. I think uh, Detroit's good for one or two uh, blunders a year, and they beat people they're not supposed to. But uh, uh, Atlanta's a dumpster fire. But I think uh, I think the Lions are gonna lay an egg here. Uh, I'm gonna take Atlanta on this one. I would like Atlanta in this game solely because the Lions are due to one of their, we have the ball five times within our opponent's three-yard line. We're going to throw a fumble, throw an interception, fumble a few times. So I like Atlanta in this game as well. <laughs> yes, you can throw a fumble if you, you if can. take you close can. attention. Unless you're Tom Brady, and then they just call it the tuck rule and let you go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Next game, the Battle of Ohio. The Browns are oh. going to Cincinnati. Cleveland is a three-and-a-half-point road favorite, and the over-under is 50-and-a-half. Oh, I'm going to take uh, Cincinnati to uh, against the points, man. Um, their division, the, their division rivals, and even though uh, Cleveland is playing better, it's always teams like that. Cincinnati that's just going to be lying in there and wait and they know how to play this team and they're going to be disruptive yeah man I keep I keep saying I keep saying that Cincinnati do because I like Joe Burrow so much 
And, uh, uh, you know, I said it last week and they failed me. Um, I'm going to say it again this week, man. I think Cincinnati's, uh, I don't I, I don't really care about the point spread, but uh, I think Cincinnati's going to beat Cleveland this week. And Cleveland's going to get their uh, uh, first losing streak of the year. Uh, so, yeah, I like Cincinnati in this game. I am going to go against both of you gentlemen, and I like the Browns because they actually have three quarterbacks on the field at the same time. Mayfield, Landry, and OBJ, so you don't know where the Queen of Hearts actually is. So I like Cleveland pretty much dominantly in this game. Next game is the game of the week, and if it lives up to its hype, it could be the game of the year. Pittsburgh goes to Tennessee. Tennessee is a a one-and-a-half-point home favorite, and the over-under is 51. Um, You know, I was looking at this game, too. We were talking about it earlier and talking about it's going to be the game of the week. I'm starting to back off of that. I don't don't think this is going to be an interesting game at all. I like uh, Pittsburgh to win big. Uh, Yeah, so the... My idea in this game was if Pittsburgh can stop Derrick Henry and force the ball into Tannehill's hands, uh, this game is going to be a blowout. And I think that's what they're going to do. I don't think they're going to game plan to try to stop Derrick Henry. I think they're just going to try to score as many points as possible to take Derrick Henry uh, uh, out of the equation and force Tannehill to throw the ball. So you're going to see a lot of uh, uh, passing in in the uh, early part of the game from uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, And if Pittsburgh can light them up early... Uh, their best player is going to get taken out of the game. I agree with Brian on this one. Uh, I like Pittsburgh 10 plus. I also like Pittsburgh in this game, but I don't think it's going to be that wide of a margin. The way the Steelers almost gave away the game to the Eagles last week was highly embarrassing. And the Eagles are a terrible team. So now they're going to Tennessee, a hostile environment. And it'll be the test of the best run defense versus the best run offense. So I like Pittsburgh in this game, but I think it's going to be very competitive the entire way. Next game is Carolina is going to New Orleans. New Orleans, without their two starting wide receivers, are a six-and-a-half-point home favorite, and the over-under is 50-and-a-half. Jeez, I mean, everybody in the world knows that New Orleans is going to win this game, but are they going to cover by six? I don't know. Um, fuck it, I'll take New Orleans and the points. Um, <clears throat> a, little, a little tidbit here. Uh, <laughs> funnily enough, uh, the Saints are quietly shopping Michael Thomas. They're not actually actively calling people, but if the right offer comes, they will they will sell him. Um, I hear he's not the best uh, uh, locker room guy. I hear he has a real trouble with slapping his teammates around in practice. And, uh, you know, he's just not a, a good dude. And he's been injured a lot this year. Um, but uh, back to the actual game, uh, I like the Saints here. Uh, Drew Brees has aged overnight. Uh, Drew Brees does not look like his normal self. Uh, Carolina is just putrid. I mean, they got Teddy Bridgewater and they got uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but I don't uh, As long as Drew Brees has a decent game, the Saints are going to cover. I think the Saints will cover their spread easily. 
in this game, McCaffrey is out for the fifth consecutive game. So they've got Mike oh. Davis, who's running somewhat decently. I like Carolina. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater is familiar with the Saints' defense. Oh, yeah, that's right. He is familiar yeah. with the environment, fans or no fans. And I really think having your two top receivers out and they're going to have to rely more on the utility guy that they use as receiver and quarterback. So I like the Panthers here to win outright. So that's my surprise pick of the week so far. Next game, Buffalo is going to face the team that they call the New York Jets, I really don't know why they're still a franchise. They should be the second team in the league without a name, like the former Redskins. Buffalo was a 10-point road favorite, and the over-under is 46, so I guess they don't think the Jets are going to score in this game. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, this is another waste of our time here. Buffalo in a uh, blowout. Yeah, uh, Jets are just uh, trying to uh, <clears throat> trying to secure the first pick as fast as possible and uh, draft Trevor Lawrence uh, number one overall next year. So, uh, yeah, Buffalo and they'll cover that spread easily. That spread is actually uh, quite small, in my opinion. I like Buffalo in this game. It just depends on. How many turnovers the Buffalo quarterback is going to have to keep the game, unfortunately, close. But if he can keep his head on straight and not think he's the second coming of Brett Favre, people will people will be happy that the stands are empty in this game because it saves people parking money and having to walk out. Oh, I and for, go ahead. Yeah. I believe Sam Darnold is playing in this game. I know he's been hurt the last couple of weeks. I believe they, I believe they re-benched Flacco. Uh, you can correct me on that if if I'm wrong, but I believe Sam Darnold is playing in this game, uh, which almost guarantees they're going to lose. <laughs> As of a few minutes ago, he was still a game time decision. Uh, okay, I know he. I know he's had shoulder issues, so I wasn't sure if it was if it was if he was up for sure, but. I heard there was rumors they were going to bench Flacco. Well, and also the most important stat of the day is we're already up to three throat clears. No, we're not. You're doing it unconsciously now. Oh, that's, that's wild. <laughs> uh, now that's the perfect segue to this next pillow fight we have here. The Cowboys are going to play the team with no name in the no-name city. The line <laughs> now has moved to even. A few minutes ago, the team with no name was a one-point home favorite. So now it's a pick and the over-under is 44. Now, fuck this. I got to take Washington, man. The way Dallas is they're such a poorly coached team. They're clearly and easily the the most talented team on paper. But the coaching over there, I mean, they must be fucking blowing water balloons and shit like that or blowing bubbles and shit. They're not coaching over there. I'm going to go ahead and take Washington. 
Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. Andy, Andy Dalton's garbage. The coaching's garbage. Mike McCarthy might get might get fired after his first season. Uh, I'm not a fan of Dallas. Dallas is a, 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 a eyesore on the league. So, yeah, I got Washington. I don't even care who Washington starts a quarterback. Yeah, I like Washington in this game as well. Their defense is fairly solid. When you've got Andy Dalton as the guy who's supposed to save your season, <laughs> that's a terrible thing. And we did have our pseudo Rex Ryan sighting on the sidelines with the fat and stupid Mike McCarthy. So that was one of our best lines of the week. Oh, wait a minute. So, Let me cut in here. Let me cut in here for a second. Who's the offensive coordinator in Dallas? Mike McCarthy. He's his own coordinator? Yes. Yeah, he always calls his own place. Oh, He's been doing that since Green Bay. Oh, fuck. Good luck with that. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that was important knowledge to bestow upon us, Brian. Thank you very much. <laughs> Next game is Green Bay going to Houston. Green Bay is a three-point road favorite. And the over-under is 56. If Aaron Rodgers keeps calling his own plays and ignoring uh, what's coming on for the, from the sideline, he'll do fine. He's rolling. He's going to keep rolling. I'm surprised it's only three points right now. It's probably down from, what, four or five? I'll take Green Bay. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is on the chair. Uh, I, <clears throat> I like him a lot. Let's go. Green Bay. Oh, and that was the fourth player I suppose it was yes yes <laughs> <laughs> you're right I am doing it unconsciously <laughs> <laughs> well most of the things you do best that you do unconsciously don't you that's true uh, if you just let it happen it usually uh, it's usually gold <laughs> I like the Packers in this game as well Deshaun Watson is running for his life doing the best he can I'm so tired of the pundits saying that J.J. Watt is the greatest thing in the world when he's more of a powder puff football star. So this is a game that I think people are going to turn off very early because it's going to get ugly quickly. Next game is Tampa Bay is going to Las Vegas to play the Raiders. Tampa is a four-point road favorite, and the over/under is fifty-one and a half. I'm going to take the Raiders against the spread in this game, um, not for any good reason. I just think that the Raiders are disruptive, and uh, it's possible for them to catch Tampa Bay off guard. Um, I'm not sure what the injury report is on uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks wide receivers. I don't know if Mike Evans is playing or if he is or if he is playing if he's playing hurt still. Uh, but I, I'm I'm going to say the Raiders are going to win this game. I don't really care what the spread is uh, on this one, but I think the Raiders are going to win this game. Like you said, the Raiders are just annoying. You know, they they've been winning games this year that I don't think they should. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with the Raiders on this one. I like Tampa in this game. All their receivers are healthy. Mm. And they're and they just signed AB, right? Exactly. 
was not eligible until week nine. But yeah, that, that's a that's a big get. So I I don't know. I don't like the AB signing because of the chemistry and he's always disruptive. But there's some reason why they they signed him. Maybe it's the perpetual hamstring problem of. Mike Evans, but under last report, all the receivers are healthy. So I like Tampa to go to five and two. When when AB signed when AB signed with the Patriots, Tom Brady was there, uh, right? Yeah. And I believe he was right. So I believe Tom Brady. Tom Brady has been planning for this for weeks, from what I understand, from the information that I got, and. Uh, he didn't actually want AB to get cut. That was a Robert Kraft move. Um, so I think he's, uh, you know, giving him, giving him a second chance to get that guy. And I think they signed him because the receivers over there haven't stayed healthy all season. So uh, I think they're loading up. And uh, they're trying to win the Super Bowl this year because Lord knows how many years Tom Brady has left. Yeah, some people are saying he doesn't have years. He only has hours. Yeah. I mean, this could be, it's honestly, uh, that's the truth. He, this might even be his last year, man. Whatever his wife tells him. Yeah. <laughs> but that's true, man. It's funny, but it's true, man. His 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 wife is actually his nutritionist. His wife is the one that uh, puts all his meals and stuff, man. It's crazy. So they give each other protein injections? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, geez. Yes, correct. In, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. Now you need to clear your throat after that one. No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> Next game. The Chiefs are going to Denver to face the Broncos. Chiefs are seven and a half point road favorites. The over-under is 44, and the current temperature in Denver is a blustery 17 degrees. Okay, I'm going to take the Chiefs here, and I'm going to say that they are not going to cover. And you say it's in Denver? Yes. Yes, they are not going to cover in Denver. Uh, I got the Chiefs here also. Denver Denver did pull out a crazy win. Uh, I think it was either last week or the week before against the New England Patriots. But I don't see them holding up that same uh, end of the bargain with the Chiefs. Uh, I like the Chiefs here, even in the cold. Yeah, I like the Chiefs big here. The Broncos saved their supposed season last week, getting their second win. But it just shows how bad New England actually is, not how good Denver is. So I like right. Kansas City here and to cover. Well, let me clarify, too. Um, if you look at Kansas City, they're smoking teams. But they're not doing that against yeah. – they're not doing against – uh, teams that are in their division. That's why I say that. I think Denver's going to have a little something for them and make it a, somewhat of a game. Seven points is a lot. Especially on the road, but no, I think the Broncos are they're just a lousy team. For next game, the 49ers are going to play the Patriots. Patriots are an amazing to me three-point home favorite, and the over-under is 45. This is the reappearance of Jimmy Garoppolo in his former stomping grounds. Let's let Mike go first here. Yeah, uh, 
three points. You get three points for being the home team. So uh, this is a lazy, a lazy line in my opinion. Vegas didn't really want to bet on this. They could have easily hyped this up, uh, even though Tom Brady's not there. They could have easily tried to hype this up as one of the big games of the week. You know, former uh, quarterback in Garoppolo against. You know the master, the the, the greatest uh, head coach of all time, and, and Bill Belichick. They could have easily had this game up, but they chose not to. Um, I think it's going to be a very defensive-minded game. Uh, if Cam can run the ball on us and uh, you know uh, eat up the clock and keep the ball out of our hands, it, it could be a close game. But uh, I like the line this year. Um, I said earlier in the week. Uh, when someone uh, had me on their show, I said early in the week, I think the Niners are going to win this game 27-17. to So they're definitely going to cover that at a three-point spread. Um, so uh, that's my prediction, 27-17, Niners by 10. Yeah, the Niners should roll here. The biggest concern for the Niners should be, like you said, Cam Newton, uh, picking up those tough yards and extending uh, drives. Um, also, uh, Belichick, as far as defensively is concerned, I'm really curious to see what he dials up here. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, eight and nine man fronts, and um, uh, aside of that, some um, some trick coverages. I mean, you see that every game, but he knows what uh, he knows what Jimmy G wants to do and doesn't want to do, and. Uh, oh. I, I see him I see him uh playing some uh some man here and um forcing Jimmy G to uh make some plays here and there. But uh the Niner other than that, I don't think the Niners have much to worry about. They're better damn near in every other category. Yeah, I like San Francisco in this game. I think the key is the health of Mostert. How is he healthy? He's out. He's out. He's out. The Niners are rolling with Hasty, McKinnon, and Jeff Wilson. I think McKinnon is going to start, and he's a he's a quality uh, back. Yeah, this is the first season that he's made it this long without injury. Not hopefully not jinxing and cursing him, but he always had the potential. But now, I don't know. Niners need to, as we proved last week, run the ball consistently. So I, I like it here. I don't have confidence in, in Cam. So Belichick's trying to accomplish what he can, but I could see this game getting ugly and staying ugly pretty consistently. This is a must I appreciate win. the fact. This is a must win for both teams. You know, I think both yeah, teams are is. three and three. So um, it, it's it's going to be a hard fought game. It'll be worth watching. I, I appreciate the fact, Mark, that you stuck with your guns on Cam. Cam has shown in the first couple of games he he tried to make you look foolish, and then your prediction kind of came true. He's kind of been very wishy washy the last couple of games, and I'm not necessarily sure if that's because of scheme or if the offensive offensive line isn't playing well, or if he doesn't trust his receivers or what it is, but. Uh, you stuck to your guns on Cam, and uh, you so far you, you it is proven uh, true. I thought Cam was going to come out this season and really light the world on fire, especially with a guy like Belichick. Uh, but he's been wishy washy, man. So uh, uh, good call on Cam, uh, Mark. Uh, kudos for that. I uh, I had I had other expectations for him, yeah, and you pretty much nailed it. 
Well, thank you. I think he's just still damaged goods. As much yeah. as Rock'em Sock'em Robots he played through his entire career, you give him credit for trying to come back, but it was a desperate move on the Patriots' part, not trusting guys they already had and going with a, a broken-down former star. So I appreciate the, the kind words, Mr. Finn. You also want yeah, to man. time because the next game we have to talk about, we really don't want to talk about, but we have to anyway. <laughs> Jacksonville is going to Inglewood to play the Chargers. Chargers are seven and a half point home favorites, and the over-under is 49, and I've already lit my song on fire, so I am no longer wearing my Jack songs. I am... <laughs> I'm going a lot against the uh, against the lines here. I I, I think uh, the Chargers will win. They just won't cover. Yeah, I really like that uh, Justin Abair kid over there, man. That guy is uh, really, really uh, going to be something special here in the next couple of years. But uh, yeah, back to the uh, the actual game. Uh, the Jaguars are putrid. Minshew is uh, probably on his way out. I don't think he's the one over there. I think it was a cute project. The mustache was cute for a while, but uh, Chargers win, and I think it's going to be a seven-plus point win. And uh, that 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 rookie over there in San Diego is going to have a hell of a game. Are they playing a game in San Diego today? Oh, I'm sorry, LA. I apologize. I keep forgetting. I, <laughs> I thought maybe there was something you knew that the rest of us didn't, since you are the only no. girl on this show. I totally, I totally, it, it still doesn't register to me that both the, the, the both of those teams are in L.A., so uh, I apologize for the mislead. Yeah, and Dan Fouts is no longer the quarterback in San Diego as well, just to... Oh, that. yeah, that's that's true. I, I also forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> I like the Chargers here reluctantly because I think they're a very badly run franchise uh justin herbert is thrown in so he's learning on the job he's had some decent plays but then he's made some rookie moves but is keenan allen healthy today or is he a scratch i have him on my fantasy team and it said that he was questionable um but i haven't looked at it in uh, since yesterday so i'm i'm assuming He's going to play today, unless he had a setback in in the warmups. I assuming he's going to play today, and if he plays, I think the Chargers are going to roll. Yeah, after the hit that Mike Williams took last week, I think he's been the strongest player for the Chargers, and he's the one that Herbert has just thrown the ball up, and Williams has made parachute jumps and catches. So. Uh, yeah, Mike Williams is a big guy. Yeah, plus he's doing so well after that serious neck injury he had. So every time he gets hit, I'm thinking it could be his last one. So I like the Chargers here just because I got to pick somebody. <laughs> Seattle is the and Arizona is the next game. Seattle is going to Arizona. Seattle is a three and a half point. Road favorite over under is 55. And just to show you the comparison of the quality of teams, 
tickets, if you were actually going to the Charger game, you can get a ticket as low as $32. If you're going to Glendale, Arizona, you can get a ticket as low as $694. Whoa. I like, I actually like um, Arizona in this game. Uh, Their defense is playing well. um, That young quarterback they got over there is playing well. He's finding his mark. Um, And they, Arizona, historically, they tend to have Seattle's number. And they are playing in Arizona, right? Correct. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and uh, take Arizona to win outright. Um, Speaking of injury reports, I heard uh, DeAndre Hopkins might not play in this game. And he's been up and down all season. Um, So we'll see if he actually plays in this game. Because Kyler Murray has been uh, very uh, heavily relying on him in this uh, passing attack. Uh, he throws the ball to Hopkins a lot when he plays. Um, I want to say Arizona is going to win this game. I want to. I want to. I want to have the same belief Brian does. But it's a, it's the Russell Wilson show, man. You know, Russell Wilson is just has been so freaking good this year. He's got what, what is he almost up to twenty touchdowns, and it's only week six or seven. I, I just don't. Uh, I don't foresee Kyler Murray out outdoing. Uh, Russell Wilson, especially uh, if he doesn't have Hopkins. So I'm going to take Seattle here in a pretty good game because it's a division game, but uh, I got Seattle on this one. I like Seattle in this game. They're coming off a bye, so any small injuries they had had another week of healing. Russell Wilson's out of his mind. He's playing like he already has the MVP trophy in his trophy case next to his trophy wife. And their running game is good. So I have a feeling Kyler Murray, in spite of how bad the defense is in Seattle, is going to be running for his life. And the game could get out of hand by the middle of the fourth quarter. So. I like Seattle here, and I still can't believe they're only a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. I think it should be five-and-a-half at least. Monday night game. The Bears are coming to Inglewood and playing the Rams. The Rams are six-point home favorites, and the over-under is 45. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Who's playing the Rams? The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. Uh, this is going to be a game riddled with interceptions and fumbles and the like. Um, I really don't know who to pick here. Um, I'll say the Rams just because I think they're just better coached, even though that they haven't really shown that this year. I'll take the Rams. Uh, if the Bears were quarterbacked by Mitchell Trubisky, I would say the Rams by 100. But somehow, someway, Nick Foles has brought the Bears into a uh, category of a winning team. They're actually playing really well on both sides of the ball. That defense has been uh, borderline magnificent all year. And they're in every single game. Um, I believe they're two losses or three losses, Mark. Don't, uh, they have one loss. They're five and one. Five and one. Oh wow! I think they were four and two. Yeah. Uh, 
like I said, if, if Trubisky was a quarterback, I would give the Bears no chance. But I actually, I'm going to go out on a limb, and this is going to be one of those games that I alluded to earlier uh, in, uh, in the podcast. Uh, the Bears are going to win this game, even though the record says that they're better than the Rams. The Bears are going to win this game, and uh, I think they're going to win this game decisively. I think Goff's going to have one of his worst games of the year, and uh, the Rams are going to uh, lose, which uh, is uh, a positive for the Niners. Yeah, I like Chicago in this game. They're a well-traveling team. Their record is 2-1 and one at home, and they're 3-0. and oh on the road. Oh. I think Goldilocks is going to be getting chased by more than just three bears in this game. <laughs> Good one. And I think the Rams are just going to embarrass themselves the way we want. The only loss that the bears have was week four against the Colts. So oh, wow. all the rest of the games they played have been, competitive they haven't won by more than four points so their defense is keeping them in the game in spite of who they have at quarterback what's the so Rams like, record right now four and are they four and two huh wow okay and didn't the Rams beat the Rams already once this year yeah yeah they did so if, if the Niners win today and the Rams lose, the Niners go to second place in the NFC West. Um, if the Niners win and the Rams and Cardinals both lose, Seattle will, will go up to 6-0, and and the other three teams in the division will all be 4-3. Okay, so that would put us ahead of the Rams, and we and we lost to the Cardinals, so actually we'll be, we'll be third place, sorry. Right. But that's why okay. you get to play each other in your division twice so the Niners can ruin themselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest story of the week, since we covered all the games and there's four teams on by, is Tua's going to start next week for the Dolphins, in spite of the Dolphins being. Three and three, and playing a very competitive season, and I can see that Brian Flores has actually got the respect of his players and is learning how to coach. So why pull the plug on Fitzpatrick and bring in Tua? Pressure, nonsense. You know these guys are not playing by the numbers they're playing by the emotions of the fans and the pressure from upstairs they used the high draft pick on this guy and none of these uh none of these uh these mongrels up there want to see this kid sitting on the bench regardless of how Fitzpatrick is playing I agree Fitzpatrick is rolling let this guy keep playing get some wins um I I've expressed it many times young quarterbacks need to sit it's very rare that a rookie quarterback can come out there and light the world on fire, much less play well at all. Uh, if Tua does start, which it looks like he is, I think it's it, it depends on who he's playing. He could have a good game. Uh, it's possible because nobody knows what, what he likes and what he doesn't like. It's possible he has a good game. But history tells us what's going to happen uh, further down the season. 
and um, it, it, it's really easy for defenses to make a young quarterback one-dimensional, and I just don't see Tua as being as, as special as a guy like Andrew Luck or um, uh, your boy in Seattle or even Peyton Manning to be able to come out there and make an impact right away. Even though Peyton Manning did throw a lot of interceptions, he still was able to um, put a hurting on defenses. So I'm with you. The young, the youngsters should, should sit. Yeah, normally one, one quick point. Sorry, two is going to make his debut at home against the Rams next. Oh wow! Yeah, he might. Like I said, yeah, he right. might have a good game. He might have a good game against the Rams, and uh, then the talking heads on TV are going to start jumping up and down and you know giving each other a high five, and then they'll be depressed the week after that because of what this kid looks like. I mean, I'm just saying from from history, this is what history, this is money ball right here. The statistics show that these guys are not able to do much. And I don't see that not continuing. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been a journeyman almost his entire career. This is probably uh, the best he's done in quite some time. He's always been a really good eight to ten game uh, guy. He's he he's kept the Dolphins in. The Dolphins actually looked respectable. You know, Brian Flores uh, felt like was in over his head last year. They won some games, but you know, Fitzpatrick, in my opinion, has has made him look better than probably he deserves uh, in in only his second year as, as the head coach. Um, I agree with both of you, man. Letting letting this guy sit, mature, develop. Not have so much pressure on him, you know. But this is the this is the way uh, of the NFL. You draft these high picks, a guy who can move his feet, who had a lot of success, won a national championship in uh, Alabama. Uh, you know, he's got a big arm, uh, but like Mark like Mark keeps pointing out, uh, which is the truth, he's injured. He's got a uh, a formerly dislocated uh, hip. I think you said he has a couple twisted ankles or or bum ankles. And uh, you're, you want to throw this guy out there when you're being competitive, at least, on a week-in and week-out basis with Fitzpatrick, and uh, you don't have to crush this kid's confidence year one. Um, history does show, you know, both of you guys made really good points. I'm just really re- reiterating all of, the, all of these things. History does show that throwing a guy out there to the Wolves, uh, A, doesn't prove productive in the first season, and B, usually leads to a to a crappy career for that player because they don't support him, they don't put the offensive line in front of him, and they don't have the proper coaching to uh, get the guy to the to uh, the elite level that he probably could get to with uh, better handling. And uh, the Dolphins are going to scrounge this guy just like how the Jets scrounge everybody and the Bengals and all that. So, uh, you know, Tua's not even going to get a fair chance, man. And it's sad because uh, the guy might actually be a good player, but we're never going to freaking know unless they get some good coaching over there. You know, what is Brian Flores seeing? Is he seeing Tua outplay Fitzpatrick in in practice? Let's say he really is seeing that. But it's different for me to have a fight with my brother than it is to fight somebody out, you know, in the streets because my brother loves me. This guy's playing against, you know, guys that don't want to hit him, you know, in practice. He's he has his pretty red dress on. You can't hit him, you know. Um, 
the uh, the defense is uh, is is coming after him, but you know there's no aggressiveness. They want this guy to stand upright. What happens when he gets against these uh, some gorillas that want to take his head off? It's going to be a totally different totally different game. Tua is the only player I've ever heard of who had to have surgery to repair sprained ankles. Usually a sprained ankle, you wrap it, you rest it, it heals on his own. Plus his dislocated hip injury was so serious that they had to rebuild the wall of his tailbone and coccyx. So he's damaged goods, and you're going to throw him out there in his premier moment facing Aaron Donald? You want this guy to get crushed. But the main reason why Tua should not start is because Rex Ryan says that starting him is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, he has yeah. This, yeah, you're willing this kid out there. He got a sprained jejunum, uh, you know, dislocated coccyx, and uh, a whole bunch of other mythical shit that's wrong with them. And uh, it's ridiculous. It's, it's the biggest fallacy in football, man. And they've been doing it for decades. These GMs get paid all this money to build franchises. How many quarterbacks do you think over the last, since, since the three of us have been alive, how many quarterbacks do you think have been totally wasted and that could have been great? Because of poor coaching and throwing them out there, I'm assuming it's in the hundreds. I would say about eighty I would say about eighty percent of top ten uh, quarterbacks will take taking top ten in the draft in the first round. Or about eighty percent of them would have been decent quarterbacks. You know, this is a wild. This is a, nobody. Nobody. Nobody smart is going to agree with what I'm about to say, but I believe that. The top five teams in the draft every year, picks one through five, they have to draft offensive and defensive linemen no matter what. If you did that and you forced these teams not to select these sexy skill players, this is going to sound outlandish. But if you, if, you, if, you, if you do that and you force these bad teams to get the not sexy players, which are the players that actually make the sexy players play well, because, you know, you know, if the offensive line doesn't block, you can't throw to the receivers, and the receivers can't get open. They should force these teams to select offensive line and defensive line in the first five picks every single year, and we would have a better product as a whole in the NFL. But no one wants to hear that shit. You got to put a hat on a hat, and the only people that wear hats are fat. So you got to have correct. A, you got to have a fat guy in a hat, and you got to put him over another hat. Simple. What you got to do is have the successful teams draft for the bad teams, and then you'll have parity because the same teams draft over and over again in the top five, and they just keep making the same mistakes repeatedly. And that's why you could pick, of the 32 teams in the NFL, we could easily line up all the divisions and eliminate every team that doesn't belong. There's really no exactly. surprises. 
Yeah, so if the Jets get the first round pick or the first pick in the draft this year, they're going to take Trevor Lawrence. They just drafted Sam Darnold. They keep taking these quarterbacks, and these teams keep ruining these players because they don't have a team to uh, support him. I've been beating this drum for uh, over a decade. It's the same stupid shit every single year. You get these really good college quarterbacks going to these really shitty, poorly coached teams, and it just a cycle rinse repeat, man. How many times does it have to happen before someone says, hmm, maybe we should actually try to support the kid we already drafted and not look like an asshole because we just traded him to Siberia because we got the better quarterback in the draft. Oh, but by the way, we still can't support this kid. Exactly. It's, it's, and you have the same coaches and GMs going around. They need to have somebody with no vested interest other than winning and who understands how you build your team from the middle out. You can get a decent quarterback, running back, or receiver in the third or fourth round, but you need the skilled fat guys to block and make the good-looking guy. Why do you think... Good-looking girls always have ugly, fat women around them to make them look, <laughs> make them look better. So they can block. Exactly. They got to block for them. Yeah. Look, exactly. Man, the, yeah. The media you know what has, they should do? The media has way more influence than I ever... The media and the social media has way more influence over football operations than, uh, you know, anyone cares to admit. It's the sh- It's the media. They're almost able to predict what type of football moves because it's almost like you know what if i was a coach man i would not watch sport i don't believe bella bill belichick watches uh tv he doesn't want to see that shit you know if you start telling somebody talking about a pink elephant in their mind they're going to have a pink elephant in their mind they're going to imagine it if you if you're sitting down at dinner and you start talking about a piece of shit you know uh some people are going to lose their appetites because they're thinking about a piece of shit so you can't listen to these fucking Muppets on TV talking about football. Even if these guys were ex-players, many times they're just too close to the board to see the game. You know, uh, you're playing chess. A, uh, a fucking pawn cannot see the entire board. That's why you're moving the fucking pawn. Stop listening to these people. Even the coaches, stop listening to these people. You know the guy. You know the guy who goes. Uh, he 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 goes to bars and he and he renovates the bar and he makes the bar into a successful business. We need to have a guy like that go into NFL uh, front offices and fix these fucking franchises, man. They need to have someone like that. It's ridiculous. They should have a guy who's independent, doesn't have any any other job other than fixing franchises. He has no affiliation. He has no loyalty. He just goes around to all the shitty teams and helps them fix fix themselves because they clearly can't fix themselves so you get these and uh let me ask you another question how in the flying fuck does adam jace have a job still anybody (laughs) anybody want to answer that shit how does adam gates how is adam gates an nfl head coach that guy that guy is, is 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 one of the worst nfl head coaches i've ever seen in my 40 years he must it's have hurt on me. somebody, or he doesn't cost anything. He's 0-6. 
it seems about to be 0 7. They're going to end up having to draft another quarterback because of pressure. And they're going to get rid of this Sam Donald kid and who hopefully goes to another team who knows how to use his, his uh, abilities and play to his strengths and rebuild his confidence. Because nobody goes to the Jets and has confidence. Nobody goes to the Bengals and has confidence. Nobody goes to the Miami Dolphins and has confidence. It's ridiculous, man. Nobody goes to the Jets on purpose. You mentioned Siberia yeah, but- in the past. That's what the Jets franchises. I could see Sam Darnold getting cut and being molded by Belichick into a decent, serviceable quarterback. You give Sam Darnold a year to get healthy and Bill Belichick as his head coach, and I guarantee you that kid will be a top-ten quarterback in two seasons. Oh, for sure. But talking about the talking heads on TV, the most knowledgeable analysts are former offense and defensive linemen. Joe Thomas, who retired from the Browns, he's got a phenomenal football mind. Howie Long, great player, Hall of Famer, great mind. But anytime you have one of these quarterbacks or other journeyman skill players, they don't know what they're talking about because all they did was read the headlines but they wouldn't have had headlines if it wasn't for the linemen giving the quarterback time or opening holes for the running back. So that's what I think the network should do is just line everybody up who's a former lineman. Oh, but wait a second. That would be smart. That would be brilliant. And that would be the right thing to do. So forget what I just said. The networks are never going to do it. Ten minutes, guys. No, they don't. No, they, no, they don't. They don't do that. They should, though. You're right. Matt Hasselbeck, he's a former quarterback. He's on ESPN. Uh, that guy's a joke. That guy that guy doesn't know shit about football. And he played for Seattle. He played for Pete Carroll. He played for some of these guys who are actually good at, good at these things, as much as I hate to admit it. You know? And you're right. It's crazy. Mark Schlereth is, is, is a brilliant uh, NFL analyst. I love that guy's commentary. Uh, Brian Baldinger does some of the best breakdowns in the business, and Brian Baldinger is not that great of wasn't wasn't that uh, great of a player. Uh, you're uh, you're absolutely right. These skill position players, especially the wide receivers, uh, save maybe Chad Johnson and and a couple of other these guys. Some of these other uh, these other skill position players that are analysts on TV are just a joke, man. I stop watching that crap. It's uh, it's brainwashing. It's not real football. And 90% of the time, those guys are paid to say those things, regardless if it's the truth or not. Uh, they're, they're put on TV now to lie to you. They're, they're there to lie to you so you make stupid bets and lose your money. Currently, we have three undefeated... Oh, my God, I'm lot. Three undefeated teams. The Seahawks, the Titans, and the Steelers. We're going to wind up potentially with only two so, which two will survive and go to six and zero? Um, like I said before, Seattle. I, I feel like they're gonna lose to the Cardinals, and uh, yeah, uh, Pittsburgh is obviously gonna beat Tennessee. Um, I just I didn't think it was gonna. I forgot what I picked on that game, but I know I picked uh, Pittsburgh. So, you picked Pittsburgh out right. So you're gonna have. I think you're gonna have one undefeated team, and that would be Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm gonna stick with two. I'm gonna. I, I think Seattle beats uh, the Cardinals and Pittsburgh 
uh, beats Tennessee. So uh, Seattle and Pittsburgh will still be undefeated after this week's over. Yeah. We've got a lot of bags, one and six, one and five teams. So do you think at some point they're going to, as they talked about when Tom Brady was dominating in New England, that they were going to realign the divisions at some point to make parity, or we're going to be stuck with this lousy, no. very easily predictable stuff forever? Well, I, I, it uh, comes down to preparation. That's what makes a good coach um, a good coach is, is the preparation. And you, you cut the preparation time by, uh, you know, this whole COVID thing and, uh, you know, not having a uh, preseason. And the bad coaches are uh, are really showing their, their ass right now, you know. Like I said before, the wind kicked up and kicked that little sundress up, and there it is, big old hairy booty. They're, they're, <laughs> they're showing that they're not – they don't have the prep, the preparation. And, uh, you know, that's what coaching is all about, preparation. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think, uh, I think a lot of these one in six teams are exactly what they should, what they were going to be even with the, with the preparation. I mean, are the Jets really going to be any better? Uh, would the Jets have won any more games if they would have gotten a full offseason, uh, four preseason games? I mean, come on. Most of these bad teams are going to be bad anyway. So uh, I agree with you on the point that uh, it, it, the uh, lack of preparation has shown a lot of these uh, really bad coaches' ass. But I don't really think uh, more prep, more time to prep for bad coaches would have made much of a difference. Yeah, currently there are eight teams with only one win. And then there's the Jets that have no wins. So nine out of 32 teams have no business playing. And they, to your point, Mike, maybe they would have been the same and out of the playoff before the season even started. Yeah. I don't, I don't think to, I mean, did preparation make the jets any better last year or the year before that or the year before that? I mean, the jets haven't, haven't won a super bowl since the seventies, I think. You know, and the, the last time they went to an AFC Championship game, they took Mr. Buff Fumble and Rex Ryan uh, to to those games uh, because of defense. So, uh, you know, I'm going on a tangent here. Uh, Brian, please interrupt me. <laughs> Five minutes, guys. The Jets won Super Bowl three with the quarter. The only quarterback who's in the Hall of Fame who threw more interceptions than touchdowns. Wait a minute. So, Super Bowl three, and what are we on? Super Bowl 55? Wait a minute. Brett, doesn't Brett Favre? No, Brett Favre has the record for the most interceptions, but he didn't throw more interceptions than touchdowns. So, yeah, you're Correct. right. Yeah, Joe Namath has, I don't remember the exact number, but I think he threw, like, 21 or 24 more interceptions. But the only reason why he's a Hall of Famer is because he was poolside with all of his Bettys and said, I guarantee a victory under over the Baltimore Colts. At one point Brett Favre had the most interceptions in NFL history and the most touchdowns in NFL history at the same time. He has been passed up by I believe uh Peyton Manning and Drew Brees on the touchdown part. But at one point he was the all time leader in both. Okay, I am going to, we're almost out of time. we got about four minutes. So I am going to make my final statement. Um, 
I've been kicking buttocks with my picks. Everybody knows when I come in on Sunday, I'm here to do two things. To fuck and to fight. And I'm all out of chewing gum. All right? So I made a bunch of picks this week. I'm going to still look like the king because I am the king. And uh, I have a mirror. So I know what the king looks like. The end. And a very bad week for the bad teams, just like uh, like always. But I did predict in the beginning of this that some bad teams are going to win, and I did predict a couple of those uh, this week. But you know, I'm not uh, I'm not uh, opposed to uh, looking like an ass and uh, having some of those picks look really, picks look really silly. But uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's see what happens. I'm uh, I'm excited for that uh, that uh, the Pittsburgh Tennessee game. Uh, that actually. Uh, I believe will be the game of the week. The thing that surprises me about you, Mike, is you're still on the Joe Burrow's bandwagon. You know, I keep trying to, you know, support the kid. I didn't support him in the beginning. I'm trying to be nice here. But then I realized it's not about how good Joe Burrow is. It's about how poorly run the Bengals are. And they're poorly coached. They're poorly run. They're going to run that kid into the ground. He's going to lose his confidence by the end of the year, and they're never going to be able to save him. So uh, one more week of Joe Burrow's uh, support, and then next week uh, you're going to see a different tune. All right, guys. We can wrap it up right there.